Welcome to the podcast. I'm John Tesh, along with the ultimate wingman and co-host, Mr. Gib Gerard. All coming right. up, coming up, we're going to talk about the new and apparently very healthy time of day to exercise. We'll share new research that proves we can actually shape our future by just spending more time talking about our nostalgic past, which, as Gibbs says, is all I do. I mean, you know, it's not all you do, but you definitely lead the conversation that way uh-huh. pretty often. I lead the conversation, and then I empty the room. <laughs> Plus, you're going to hear about Elon Musk's warning about people who don't have the right personality to colonize Mars with him. It's, uh, it's me, basically. <laughs> and there Spoiler are new, alert. Uh-huh, there are new etiquette guidelines for how we should behave in a public bathroom. It has to do with the shoes you wear and the things you say. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a conversation starter for you, and it will for us in just a moment, and that's all ahead. But first, uh, the rhetorical question here is, when was the last time you spent hours at an airport with no intention of flying anywhere? I have. It, it has never happened in my life. <laughs> so uh, early on, I did this. For, for millions of us, it hasn't happened since the late 1990s before security checkpoints restricted airport terminals to only people with a ticket. But today, a growing number of airports are now offering new, quote, visitor passes which grant people permission to hang out for the day, to shop, eat, watch planes, take off and land, or just spend extra time with loved ones who are leaving town. This doesn't sound like a security problem, does it? He, he, well, look, you still got to go through security. What's yeah, the difference yeah, between true. the person with That's the visitor true. pass That's and true. the person who bought a $9 Spirit Airlines flight? There's no difference. <laughs> so, For example, Orlando International Airport recently launched a visitor pass program, which allows people to roam the airport without a ticket. More than 1,000 people applied for passes within the first two weeks mostly for the chance to visit restaurants and retail shops found exclusively at the airport. I like those shops. They're a little expensive. There are some nice ones. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's some nice ones. So people are dating there as well, Gib. I will say this. Well, the nice thing if you're dating there is you can make sure that whoever you're dating on a first date with, on a blind date, doesn't have any uh, uh, any weapons on them because you got you still got to go through security. <laughs> so you know, like you know what? I never even thought there's about that. There's a level that. of safety yeah. in meeting at the airport. Never even thought uh, about that. That you don't get necessarily at your local Chili's or, or Applebee's. <laughs> so that's one. And I think I might be jaded because we travel a lot. And yeah. I, you know, when I'm not traveling, the desire to go to the airport is is zero. But if you haven't been on a flight in a while, maybe you want to go look at the planes. You want to see that. I hope that this drive... Listen, your son would do that all day. All day. He but he's seven. He's, yeah. And he yeah. doesn't have to drive to the airport or pay for parking when he gets there. Right. So, of course, he's fine with it. Of course, he's fine with it. Now, our airport is terrible. Yeah, because we're, yeah, well, we're in a, near a big airport. Yeah. Uh, the it biggest, is, really. It, it <laughs> is not great. And I wouldn't... But there are some airports... Like, I know in Denver, there's a really nice mall there. I've had layovers in Denver that I've really enjoyed. But I just can't imagine going. I hope that this drives the prices down. I hope that the fact that people are coming just to visit makes it so that a, a can of peanuts is not, you know, seventeen hundred dollars. That yeah. it starts to bring yeah. the prices down. That'll be the benefit. Uh, you I know what's really cool is that Delta. Actually, I think it's in New York, but they have, and maybe it's everywhere. They have these things where these little, you, you sit at a, like a bar. Yeah. Right, and then there's an iPad there. You just keep ordering stuff, and you can do your work. I think that's great. I think for yeah. some people, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. I've yeah. seen the I've seen the online or the uh, the app ordering thing. Uh, they have that. You know, they have that all kinds of places. You don't have to sit and go through TSA. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> in order to be able to do it, but again, I but uh, I can see Prima right going on a date. And the guy going, hey, let's go to the airport. And she might... You not, can? Well, maybe not. not. <laughs> okay, never mind. Wait, 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 wait. I want to... Serious question. She comes home. She's like, I just had a first date with a guy. We went to the airport and had 
rock and brews and tacos. Oh, I would think he's so creative. You, I would think this he's guy so definitely creative. has a mullet and a face tattoo. Okay. I can tell you that right now. Okay, he's showing up. It's, it's, she's dating uh, Post Malone. Uh, uh, anyway, the airport is now uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> basically, so if you've if you ever been to the airport just to go hang out and watch the planes take off and land, please email us. It, this is okay. this is the thing my kids do not understand is that this used to be a thing. There are episodes of Seinfeld. Absolutely. Where they would do this. They'd go and hang out yeah. at the airport. I did it, and every plane was a prop plane. Yeah. It was amazing. Okay. It was amazing. Well, not, that, not everybody's that old. <laughs> hey, thank you. <laughs> Let's, uh, uh, speaking of old people, how do old people work out? No. What time do, what time do you squeeze in a workout? I, I, I work out in the morning. Me too. But the most popular time right now is 5 p.m. Now, why would this be happening? According to the fitness coaching app Future, out of 20,000 users, 5 p.m., is now the most popular time to start a workout. It's a major shift from 2019, pre-pandemic, of course, when the app's most popular workout start time was before 7 a.m., uh, before people got ready for work or started to commute, right? It's the only, for me, it's the only way I'm going to get one in. Yeah, you'll talk That's about how this, I uh, am, yeah. yeah. Uh, now that more people are working from home, right, or have hybrid schedules, more flexibility, they can get uh, exercise in after work. Since they're home earlier, they don't have a commute to contend with. There's also benefits to exercising after work. For example... Yeah, they, these experts say you'll push yourself harder, uh, but it'll feel easier. There's research from the University of Birmingham shows people tend to work out much longer in the evening and at a higher intensity because it's the time of day when our body temperature is highest. So we're more flexible, we have more power, and we're less likely to get injured. I, so I have worked out in the evenings. I know you have too. I have, a, I have a home gym. You have a home gym. There have been plenty of times where at the end of the day, I will go in there and just blow off some steam. And usually... Usually those are great workouts. Don't get me wrong. And then I, you have dinner and you go right to sleep and you get the best sleep of your life. So I absolutely have done the evening workout thing. Right. But uh, And if you're working from home and you don't have kids, a great way to end the day is to go do that. Mm-hmm. My life, though, I mean, <laughs> I get so many. I, there, I can't. Gib, I can't. Gib, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, Gib has uh, three kids under the age of 12, 12, 10, and 7. A single day does not go by, where, or at least a week doesn't go by, where I don't get one phone call from the school at some point in the week uh, that I have that <laughs> a kid forgot their violin or they didn't bring the. The project they were supposed to turn in, and I've got to drive it to the school. So, like, that happens every single week for me in some way. If I don't do my workout in the morning, uh-huh. then I never get my workout done. I just, the only time in my life where I've been really consistent about working out has not been when I've done a lot of evening workouts. It's when I'm getting up first thing and getting that exercise in. The evening workouts are great filler, right? But, like, I got to take, I, I got to, I got to children to feed and they right. take them to, to practice 900 different practices tonight well, can, tonight can, while we're recording this i have three practices to take oh two kids gosh. to it's oh physically gosh. impossible are, are is it possible you, uh, possible for you to, to to work out like two hours before they get up in the morning yes i mean yeah. i and the home gym is really nice i can get up right, really early right, right. i can go out and i and that way i'm not leaving the kids alone i can just be out there and exercise um right. i can i also there's a gym right by my kids school so sometimes right. i'll go right I'll go a little bit early for pickup in the afternoon, or I'll go right after drop-off, and I'll go work out for you know a, an hour before I come to the studio. Yeah, and one more thing in this report, they say, and you, you alluded to this, Gib, as far as your sleep goes, the journal Sleep Medicine found that people who fall asleep two hours after exercise, they do get more deep restorative sleep. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and by the way, I was just thinking, you know, your wife, uh, man, she's a full-time teacher, right? You both have full-time jobs, but yours is near your, uh, your, your work. Uh, I mean, your, your, your work is near the school, right? The yeah. Kids school. So she managed to <clears throat> found a school, find a school 
It's as far away from their from the kids' school as possible. So right. I get it. I get it. So yeah, so I'm season. the one that has to go and pick them up. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm the one that has to go do all that stuff. Right. And as right. a result, they don't call her. They don't call right. her yeah. in the middle right. of a day saying they forgot yeah. their violin. First of all, she would not take the violin. She yeah. would tell them it's a, it's a life lesson they need to learn. And uh, oh, yeah. second of all, yeah. she has, yeah. she's not able to. Have you seen that movie, Mr. Mom? I have. Okay, good. We'll talk about it the, later. The world has evolved <laughs> past that movie, but it's still a classic. I mean, Terry Gar is fantastic, and so is Michael Keaton. Okay, let's talk about, um, about dating. Uh, and if you're seeing somebody romantically, a relationship coach is now suggesting that, I think this works for men and women, but that women in particular should ask men about their feelings towards cats. Okay. Relationship coach Zamaria Thompson believes that people who dislike cats may have an issue with unpredictability and a lack of control. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> boy, I'm starting to think deeply about this. I know, I know. What you're if you ask a man how he feels about cats and he has a strong reaction saying something like, oh, I hate cats, they ignore you and they're too independent, that could be a sign, she says, that he doesn't like things he can't control. And perhaps if you're too independent, he'll try to control you. Of course, this is just a hypothesis, not a rule, she says. But if you've just started dating somebody, you may want to ask how they feel about cats. Now, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, yeah, let's my, get this out. My wife really does not like cats. No. And it's, you used to have cats. I used to have cats. And you have a, a wife and no cats at this point. Right. And no control. <laughs> exactly. I have no control. So this all this is not hypothesis, hypothesis anymore. Yeah. This is a theory. So again, cats are cats are independent. They are free thinkers for lack of a better word yeah. they they really they really tolerate the their owner like it's it's your privilege to give me food and to clean out my litter box and i am gracing you with my presence that right. is how dog right. that is how cats approach it right. versus versus dogs which are you know much more of a companion animal that being said i'm allergic to cats if i wasn't allergic to cats i would have several cats mm-hmm. i i i i like this element of them the fact that yeah. they are independent I don't think you need to use this. First of all, I don't think it's gender specific. I think in your case, yeah, it's very yeah. clearly not. Um, <laughs> very clearly. Okay. She hates cats. She loves control. Uh-huh. She hates everything she can't control. It's a very... <laughs> that's not even... That's just a statement of fact. That's the starting point. You're laughing like I'm saying something. No, no, no. <laughs> that's no. Everybody I'm that, at the comedian who says something that you think is funny. Every, every yeah, person yeah. that knows her knows that's the case. Uh-huh. But what this can do, and I think this is great... You know, this is the kind of conversation you can have early on in a relationship where you go, are you a cat person or a dog person? Right. And you can have the conversation about why they gravitate towards cats and dogs. You can actually grow your intimacy a lot with this with this kind of a conversation. Uh, I would just say, you know, be aware the person that doesn't like the cats may have control issues, which is what she said. Whenever we have stuff like that, there's, there's, there's always somebody who sort of takes it to the, the next level. I can just see, I, there's a couple people that I know I, who will... Who will like either adopt a cat for a couple of days or 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 just or house sit a cat just to w- seem less controlling? <laughs> but, but, it'll, but, it'll, yeah, but it'll, no, but it'll be so transparent where the guy will come over and she'll go, "Hey, why don't you why don't, why don't you come in? I'm almost ready." And then he'll, she'll just go, "What do you think about the cat?" It's <laughs> <laughs> just a subtle fake cat. That they, uh, yeah, I mean, why? I've never seen this study before, but it's amazing. Yeah, right. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Just, I, or I have mean, four I of them. I think you think of a lot of reasons why you wouldn't use an animal as a prop. Right, you could just right. have the conversation. You, could, you don't need a stunt yeah, cat. But, but you could. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's expensive to date, right? It and it's is. and it's it's even it's dangerous. A it's a dangerous for. I mean, we we're watching Prima Date, you know, and it could be it could be dangerous. So why not get if you want to get right to it, right? Don't use one cat. Bring five cats over to your house. Yeah, and then what do you think of the cats? I think. <laughs> 
So I want to be something. I, there's something we need. To, I, it's great, great advice. Please Thank do you. not do this. I just made that up myself. <laughs> but there's also, I would say, you can be a cat person, but there's a very diff, big difference between one or two cats and like five plus. <laughs> oh yeah, I think people get that. <laughs> very big difference. So you can be not controlling and like the idea of a cat and all that at the one or two level. When you get to five plus, you go, hey, maybe you're a hoarder. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe yeah, that's yeah, your yeah, source yeah, of intimacy yeah, yeah, is cats, yeah, not yeah, not yeah. me. And let me just issue a you know a warning here to you folks who are listening. Uh-oh. If you're thinking, oh, this is not this is not useful for me anymore. I'm going to try, try to shut off this podcast. It's very useful for you because you're going to know somebody who's been dating. You're going to know somebody in your life who didn't grow up with cats or who did grow up with cats. And you're going to know all about their personalities now. And you're going to tell everybody about yeah, this story. Yeah. And then you find out the next person you find out doesn't have a cat. You're like, oh, what are you I just think I just think of it as a time saver and a money saver. That's a, it is. It is. Five cats. You, five cats. The guy no. comes over. Stop with the come five on cats. in. I'm almost dressed. <laughs> I can't hang it. What do you think of the cats? I'll tell you this. If I was dating. Say hi to the cats. There were five cats. Yeah. I'd leave. Want to hold one of them? Two cats. I'd stay. Hold, a, hold a cat. You don't want to hold it? <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, parents and grandparents, this next one is, is for you. And if you're not a parent or a grandparent, uh, I bet you're going to be one eventually. <laughs> so, hey, did you know, by, by the way, did you know that the average age of a grandparent in America is 46 years old? I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's two 23-year-old pregnancies. That's amazing. Yeah. So. That's, if, it is, seems young, though. It does, yeah. I'm, I'm on the verge of being uh, a grandparent. If you, have, if you have a kid or a grandkid who has trouble staying on task to finish their homework or to complete school projects, and this, of course, is in here because Gib's going to be able to talk about it, uh, make sure they have a house plant in their room. That should do the trick. House plants sharpen attention. In scientific lingo, quote, visible greenery is restorative and increases the ability to concentrate in kids and adults. So Melinda Newth is a professor of horticulture science at my alma mater, a North Carolina State, Go Wolfpack, and she says brain scans revealed that kids who spend time in the presence of a real plant experience improvements in attention and concentration. You need to try this on your kids. you have plants in your kids' rooms? I do not have plants in my kids' rooms. Uh, part of it is that my kid... Here's the thing. If you have a kid that has a hard time finishing a project, a plant is a project. It's a thing that has to get taken care of. So the kid that I have that has the hardest time with this kind of thing, she would have the hardest time keeping the plant alive. Uh-huh. But basically what I hear is, the, here is another thing for Gib to take care of mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to keep my kid get, finishing her homework, right? I have to take care of the plant because right. if I don't take care of the plant... You're gonna have you're gonna have a kid that doesn't finish her homework in a room with a bunch of dead plants. So what you're what you're saying is here's a project for dad that will help your kids do their homework. No, what I'm saying is that brain scans reveal that kids who spend time in the presence of a real plant experience improvements sure. in attention and concentration. Yeah, those, I, I know that I know that your eldest daughter is going to reimagine the plant. I those, know that. Those scientists that do this, they have assistants that help keep the plants alive, and then they just look at the brain scans. That's you. I'm the uh, yeah exactly. I'm the assistant that has to keep the plant alive, and then I, I also know that my you know my I, I, she's amazing. She's brilliant. She's <laughs> she is. Um, unbelievable. She is. But when she's distracted, she will tear the plant apart <laughs> one one little pond frond no, no, at a time. She'll paint it. She'll paint it. She'll put it into a collage on the wall. <laughs> she'll find the essential oils inside of the plant and smear it and uh, on the on her bedspread. It'll be everywhere. And then, and then that's what she'll do instead of doing her homework. So again, I absolutely think the science is real. I just, for everybody out there that has an ADD kid who's thinking like, oh, I just got to get him a plant. Like you have to create the environment yourself and hope that the kid lives in that environment well. 
I'm, that's that's the bottom okay, line. Okay, okay. You had me yet. She'll remove the essential oils <laughs> from the plants. Is that even possible? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all you need is a, a home oh, uh, a home chemistry kit and a microwave oven. <laughs> okay. All right. Coming up, you may have heard that Elon Musk thinks we're going to be living on Mars in the future. Now, check it out. He thinks humans will set foot on Mars by 2029, and eventually we can build colonies there. You know, listen. If it was anybody else who said that. If it was who's that guy who didn't, says he invented the internet? <laughs> that was Al Gore. Al Gore, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, if somebody like that, then no offense. <laughs> I guess I did sort of offend him, but yeah. no offense. But uh, for somebody like that, I'd say, okay, yeah, fine. All right. So the world's going to end in twenty nine. No, okay. But if Elon Musk says we're going to be on Mars in twenty twenty nine, I mean, get ready. He says it's our closest habitable neighboring planet. However, there's always one of those. A recent psychological profile study advises that quote. People who have neurotic tendencies need to stay on Earth because they won't survive. <laughs> I guess I'm staying on Earth. Okay. That's next. But first. You know, what I hear from many people who come up to me after my live concerts is, oh, John, I've always wanted to play the piano, but I don't have time for all those lessons where they say I'm too old to start learning now. I can teach you how to play a song on the piano in just three days without spending one minute learning music theory or reading sheet music. We do this together by me teaching you how to play my most memorable songs. So go to Tesh.com right now and get on the waiting list for my brand new online course, The John Tesh Piano Method. It's Tesh.com. Tesh.com. All right, we have the uh, Mars report for you. John Tesh would give Gerard with a conversation starter for All the for news you. you need on the red planet. Listen, we're going to be running the newspaper on that thing. Maybe <laughs> not you. Let's see. Um, you may have heard, you heard me say it, Elon Musk thinks we're uh, going to be living on Mars in the future. He thinks humans will set foot on Mars by 2029. That's very quick. March of 2029. <laughs> he eventually uh, says we can build colonies there since it's our closest habitable neighboring planet. That's how out of touch I am. I had no idea it was inhabitable. It's, it's not. Okay. I mean, we, we, <laughs> like, it's a rocky planet. It's the closest planet to us. It what? has an atmosphere. <laughs> It just does not have an atmosphere. There's no like air. There's no living things. There's it producing oxygen. We have a, to make it happen. Oh, I got it. I got it. It's just a it. rocky surface we could put yeah. stuff on. So you can't do that on, on Uranus or Venus, right? Yeah, Ven yeah. Venus is like sulfuric acid in the atmosphere. Okay, you, there you, you go. It, you All can't right. even send probes right. there. They, they, get, they dissolve. Uh, okay, so it's a variety vacation land. <laughs> anyway, a uh, recent psychological profile study advises that people who have neurotic tendencies, quote unquote, should stay on Earth. So according, yeah. according to a computer simulation... People with neurotic personalities would, quote, <laughs> quote, fare poorly as members of a human settlement on Mars. The study found that those who are insecure, inflexible, and unable to cope with boredom or change would keep the colony from thriving. Yeah. And in the Mars simulation, those people died at a much higher rate. 100% sure that I should not be on Mars. I, you, imagine, so I, I love the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, I, I've almost been on that show a couple of times. It, 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 you want, give us an actor. There do you, you want Larry David on Mars? The, the, the guy, like... Oh, I, my I, gosh. I, you, you don't want that. I, I send back water if the waiter touches the top of the water when he's handing me the, the glass. I, there's no way I could survive in a little pod on Mars. I'm fully aware that I couldn't do it. The only, the only thing that I would have going for me is I'd make sure that the, 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 uh, those oxygen filters, are, yeah. the, the carbon scrubbers, yeah. are, are changed regularly. But I would be so <laughs> would neurotic feel, about would, it. Is, I would go through like 10 of them in the time. Like, we only have enough of these to change them every six months. You're changing them every week. 
That's that is why I would not survive. I'm a hundred percent sure I could not survive on Mars. I, I, you, there's no way, no way. <laughs> I would love to see the simulation. You know, would you see that? They got like like you know. Uh, sketches of people like dropping <laughs> flies <laughs> because they're neurotic. I, I would actually watch if they wanted to do this. I know Curb Your Enthusiasm is ending, but can you imagine if they took the cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm and put them in a Mars simulator? Oh, that would be oh. a show I would watch. What's really interesting, they too, will fare that, poorly. Those of you who, who uh, remember this from years and years ago, there was a guy in the original Lost in Space named Mr. Smith. Yeah, who was nothing but neurotic. <laughs> he, yes, like, and ruined he did the not fare well. <laughs> he didn't. He, he was he, the villain. He ruined the show for me yeah. too. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the latest on on Mars. <laughs> Let us know if you, what's this podcast about. <laughs> well, we're not sure, but yeah, they just talked about Mars. Let's talk about your future, all right? Uh, if it's not going to be on Mars, uh, we have a way for you to make it better here on Earth. It could be as simple as spending time each day waxing, as they say, nostalgic about the past. Uh, I went on this one. This is according to psychologist Dr. Clay Rutledge, who wrote the book Past Forward, How Nostalgia Can Help You Live a More Meaningful Life. He says a lot of people view nostalgia as a negative thing because it makes us seem stuck in the past. But Dr. Rutledge says there's growing evidence that nostalgia has mental health benefits. When life is stressful and unstable, looking to the certainty and comfort of the past makes us feel better. When we, look, talk, when we talk about the good old days, it can give, uh, give us a roadmap to make the future better. And we engage in nostalgia. It triggers the release of feel-good dopamine. This is pretty much all I talk about. In fact, uh, when we had the Super Bowl here and Gib brought some of his friends over, uh, I ran two of them out of the house because they couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> all I talked about was <laughs> the, old, the old days on CBS Sports. So, uh, so first of all, a guy that you, did, that you did games with back in the day was on the, was on the broadcast. Uh-huh. He was, he, yeah. they, Brent they, Musburger. Yeah, they had, and you, you've talked many a time about what a great... <laughs> there it is, many well, a time. What a great partner he was in the booth right, and right, how, right, how right. good he was at, right. at certain things. So, and and I, I just want to say, you know, you're being self-deprecating, but it is fun to hear you have some amazing stories over a very interesting and varied career. I really do. En- everybody that you tell your stories to enjoys them. So you, you wrote a book and people bought it. And the book is just nostalgia. <laughs> so quit. So quit it. No, yeah. no, no. But so I, it's my point is that like you have good stories. I don't, don't, don't feel bad. But the reason why this works is because you know how things end up. Yeah, it's yeah, the reason why yeah, we like yeah, to go back and yeah. watch the same TV shows again. Is yeah. that it's less stressful because you yeah. know how it's going to end. We, you know, we know we know that uh, that we win the Cold War. So we know how that works. That's so when you look back on those days, you don't think about the fear of the of the unknown. You think about right. oh how nice yeah. it was yeah. and knowing that everything worked out. That is the benefit of nostalgia. Yeah, I think you have to be careful too, though. And I I try I try to do this is that you know whining about about uh, about today and comparing it to uh, you know the past. Is it, it, nobody likes that? In fact, I remember you know I I loved this guy. He's a great musician, great songwriter, Steve Allen. And in his in his later years, he was so sick and tired of of youngins, in, including me, because I was much younger than him. That he just never stopped with that stuff. And it was yeah. like, okay, okay, all right. Fine. Well, if you're living in the past, you, you you look remembering the past and talking about it fondly is very different from living in the past and wanting things to not change. Yeah. That's very different. Yeah, we should also mention uh, before we move on to the next story that that uh, you know Gib is a is a trained. A youth soccer referee, which sounds like you know, oh yeah, how how hard could that be? It's it's incredibly hard, and there's and the state and the, no no listen because I and I you know the stakes are high, and now he trains other soccer referees. And the reason the stakes are high, those of you who have been to those soccer games, 
know, parents and grandparents, you know that if the referee gets anything wrong or there's a and there's you know there's a debatable call, the parents go nuts. nuts. Some of those parents have a flask with them, so it's like oh, you yeah. know. So anyway, I there, there was a, somebody. Uh, uh, I thought somebody charged my granddaughter, right? And so uh, the the play continued, and I yelled out, "That was a charge!" And the referee stopped the game, stopped the whole game, and came over, marching towards me. I looked over to see my wife; she had gone. She went, <laughs> she just took off, you know. And he came over and stood right in front of me, and he was like foaming at the mouth. This guy, remember this guy? The, the, I, the I, actually, I was busy doing uh, something uh, else. It's unbelievable. He was so he was so mad, and and he said he said, you know, you obviously don't know anything about the game. And I said, oh well, actually, and then I made the biggest mistake. I said, actually. I played uh, Division One soccer in college, and he goes, "Well, you know, pops, things are a little different now." <laughs> Did he really say that? He absolutely said that. <laughs> he didn't say pop, he didn't say pop pop, which is my name, you know, yeah. my, my grandpa name. But he said pops, and and you know, I looked around, and none of my friends were there anymore. You know, it's like <laughs> so that was my nostalgia story, sort of. You know, nostalgia. Failed you in that moment. It was unbelievable. You know, it, yeah. Nobody's going to suffer. Then I you. walked over. I ran over to the other side of the field, you know, to, and, and stood next to Eric, another one of the parents, and he just leans over and goes, Don't stand next to me, Pop Pop. <laughs> you want to get thrown over. So, anyway, bus that's you. it. Uh, so, the, the, the nostalgia. This is a good book, by the way. Passed forward. I skimmed it. How nostalgia can help you live a more meaningful life. And that's really what we're talking about here. We're not talking about me, although I do tend to do that. So, there you go. Well, it, it, it's a nice thing. You're very kind. You're very kind. Uh, and and uh, and if you see, uh, uh, well, you, you got to come see. We'll get some video of Gib uh, refereeing because it's really quite amazing. <laughs> so the Huffington, the Huffington Post, they came out with a list of office bathroom etiquette, and you're like, why are you talking about this? Because you may see yourself in this. this you'll definitely see yourself uh, on one side or the other of it, and you might even see it next time you go to a public bathroom. See if you agree with their points with the Huffington Post etiquette, right? Number one, don't wear shoes memorable enough to be recognized under a bathroom stall. Leave me alone. Leave me alone with this. Look, I'm a, I, 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 I like sneakers. I'm a sneakerhead, all right? And so I what, have a lot what, of shoes. So a sneakerhead is? People that buy, uh, you know, collectible shoes. Now, I don't spend a ton of money on it. Some people spend, you know, you can spend thousands of dollars on single pairs of Air Jordans. Wow. Um, I don't like, have. Like old versions, you mean? Old versions or, or limited edition okay. reissues. Gotcha. And gotcha. you'll see, a lot of times you'll see real sneakerheads because they can't get them in their size, but they want the sneaker so bad. Uh, the, the head coach of the, of the Miami Dolphins is a sneakerhead. And you'll see him, and sometimes his shoes are clearly like three sizes, four sizes too big. Like he can barely walk. <laughs> oh, in really? Them. Oh, and it's God. because it's because he can't get them in his size every time because they're limited edition, and you have to like you have to go to the website or go to the store at the exact right moment oh, in order to get the gosh. shoe. So he wears these shoes, but they're too big because he couldn't get the you know size nine or whatever he is. Oh my gosh! Uh, and, yeah. So so it's a it's a whole world, and some of us really enjoy our shoes, and you know let us live our lives. If if don't. I, if I have recognizable shoes on, it's on you for looking under the bathroom stall. It's not yeah, on me yeah, for wearing yeah. the recognizable ah, you shoes. Get, you get bored in there, you know. Next, don't take your phone with you. Speaking if, of getting bored in there. Right. Don't take your phone with you, says the uh, etiquette people. If you need something uh, to while away the time, you're taking too long and you, quote, need more fiber. Uh, <laughs> okay, that may be true. <laughs> this is a little harsh. That may be true. But I, I will say this: even if I'm just, even if I'm just going to the water cooler, I've got my phone in my hand. I want to. I, 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 don't have that much downtime in my life. So if I have an opportunity to look at my phone and check in with a friend or look at a meme or something or whatever, I'm going to take that opportunity. So leave me alone, etiquette expert. I'm okay. taking my phone with me everywhere. Okay. Uh, next, uh, et- uh, et- etiquette expert, bathroom, public. 
tip. No long conversations with people in the bathroom. A simple, hey man, or a smile is acceptable. Finally, one that I agree with. Yeah. Finally, one that I agree with. Yeah. If you want to have a long conversation, a couple things. One is, I don't want to be in the bathroom any longer than I have to be. I don't want to have a conversation about how your, you know, your kid is doing with their math tutor. Right? I, we can do that in the hallway, not in the bathroom. All right? And I, so I agree with that. I also, this, the noises and everything, all of the environment in there is not conducive to a conversation. Hey, and you get, if you want to talk, get out of the bathroom. I agree yeah, with that. 100%. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, the, the, the most horrible thing that you can go through, like for me anyway, was I, w- I was a witness in, um, in, a, uh, in a court case, right? Okay. It, it, I, was, I was being deposed, right? And so- uh, This we, was we, an OJ, we, was it? We take a, no, we take <laughs> close. We take, a, we take a break, right? And so I head to the bathroom, and I'm um, standing at the urinal, and on the next urinal, the guy who's been deposing me, who I hated, is, is there. And I just felt like if I could just push him into the urinal, you know? You should have. Yeah, that would have been great. You should have. But, that's, yeah, it yeah. Gives you, but you didn't have a conversation with him, so you were in the okay I couldn't space. because we were, we were under oath, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This, is, this is not the best story I've ever told, so let's move on. Anyway, uh, the next one is to... Uh, <laughs> what are you going to say in the bathroom that violates the I oath? I, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I've never told that story before, and I just brought it up, and I said, well, there's no ending to that story. This is a really bad story. I even made up the part about pushing him in the urinal. It was just, it was just awkward. But so anyway, sorry, folks. Uh, the next tip, next, the last etiquette tip, mercifully, is avoid the last stall. Studies have shown it's the most unsanitary because more people use it because it's private. The, uh, the cl- what? Yeah. Uh, the cleanest stall is the one closest to the door. Nobody wants to use that because it's not private. Uh well, yeah, but that's kind of, that's why nobody wants to use it. They want the privacy, right? Uh, you, you so, know, so if you want the cleanest stall, well, you, you use you the, use the first one. I yeah. got it. I got it. I mean, you can also unless you're unless it's a very busy office. I mean, unless you're at like a sports venue, from usually you have a chance to like pick the cleanest stall. I usually do a quick survey, a little uh-huh. quick eyeball, and pick the cleanest one. Uh, what this is saying is that the closest one is usually the cleanest one. I'll give you that, but sometimes. Sometimes it's not. So I did a little quick, little quick eyeball test. Yeah, that's good. I think that's enough of the bathroom etiquette. I think so too. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm getting I stretched, out. I stretched that out. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, we have one more story for you, right? And again, this is probably, well, this is two things. It's a, it'll be a conversation starter. You can press your friends with this. Uh, it's even one of those, uh, you know, we, we actually have kids who are, it's mostly like 13, 14 year old kids who listen to the radio show and listen to the podcast who, who will use these uh, intelligence for your life bits. Uh, on their teacher, and I, we even had a kid email us saying that he used it to uh, to, to try and impress a, a girl. Not the bathroom etiquette. I'll tell no, you that no, right no, now. No, 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 not that story. No, not that story. But this next story is uh, not only interesting, as I mentioned, but it's also a way for uh, any of us to make money. And so, given I have our eye on this, it's the latest way people are going viral on social media as pizza influencers. Now, these pizza influencers they have huge followings. They can make or break a local pizza restaurant. Uh, even an online restaurant, Axios News, uh, reporting that it has become an actual career path. And wait till you hear the numbers. There are now published lists of top pizza influencers, some who promote pizza restaurants and some who showcase their pizza-making skills on social media and blogs. And Slice, which is an online ordering app, recently advertised a job opening for, quote, pizza influencer at a salary of up to $110,000 a year. Wow. $110,000. I, I mean, look, I could talk about, for $110,000 a year, I could talk about pizza all day, every day. I, yeah. I, I love pizza. Yeah. Here's, here's where this is insane. 
I mean, the, these are these are the kind of jobs that did not exist even ten years ago. This idea of being a a, a pizza influencer it was not something that that it's it's a brand new right. you know world out there. Uh, and if you are passionate enough about something like pizza, it's a great. This is something that you couldn't have turned into a career before, and now you can make six figures a year talking about pizza. And I will say, here's why it's really valuable because I think all pizza. With very few exceptions, pizza's usually, it's hard to mess up. It's all pretty good. But the difference between fantastic, knock your socks off, uh, you know, just, I have to have that pizza a hundred times a year pizza, and the like, it's just fine pizza. It's it's very small, and it's hard to tell. You can't tell from a picture. You can't tell just from a single Yelp review. So having somebody who you trust that has an opinion about right, pizza right. is is super valuable. So I understand why this exists. It's just unbelievable that it does. Yeah. Because I... I mean, uh, look, I was, I, I, I gained a lot of weight when I first went to college. Um, I would, I would definitely call myself a pizza influencer at the time, <laughs> but I was not getting paid to do it. Where do you eat your pizza? I mean, I get, I don't, I, there's a couple pizza places around, around my house that I go, but I like Costco pizza. I mean, like yeah, we have parties, yeah, I have Costco yeah. pizza. And then the nice thing about that is you've got pizza for like eight months because it's, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a giant pie and you just, you know, you I, 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 and I, and I wonder you know why? Why it's not more consistent? Because there's a place, for example, in Los Angeles called Taroni's. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have two stores, and you walk in there, and it is it's it's as good as it is in Italy. You know, and there's I asked somebody that, right now. There's an Italian man who's 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 looking know, up you, and he's going to assassinate you. I know, almost as good. And 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 I asked them. You know, I asked the, the pizza person back there. I said, you know, what is the what is the difference? And they they may have been lying. I don't know, but they said that they actually get the water. From New York City, is that possible? I mean, I've heard about that, yeah, like, like yeah. A, the bagel restaurants and some of the pizza. Yeah, because the uh, the New York City, what people don't realize is you think of it as a as a city, you think of it as dirty, but the the water comes from uh, an underground aquifer system. Yeah, and that's so right. it's, it's, it's artesian it's, wells. It's yeah. these it's this high mineral yep, content yep, water, yep. and so there's a lot of extra flavor in the bagels and the pizza that yeah. come from the dough yeah. made with this water that happens to be great yeah. tap water. Where is your uh, where is your favorite uh, pizza made, folks? Uh, let us know. Email me, John at Tesh.com, John at Tesh.com. I'll share it with Gib, of course. And what we're going to do is we are going to order pizza from there and have it mailed to us. <laughs> and, uh, or FedEx or something like There's that. a thing called Gold Belly where you can get pizza or different dishes from uh, – they, they freeze it and send it to you. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, anyway, let us know. Let us know what it is, and then maybe we could help turn you a pizza into a pizza influencer in your town. How oh, yeah. You can yeah. influence us and our pizza. There it is. Thank you for joining us for the podcast. We, of course, would love it if you would share the program with your friends. We're grateful that you've been with us today. Remember, anytime you want to follow up, just get signed up from, or if you want to get signed up for one of our courses, including the brand new Learn How to Play Piano course. Uh, which Gib doesn't need. He already knows how to play. No, no uh, it's good. I could, I could learn how to play better. Okay. <laughs> Just head on over to Tesh.com. So for Gib Gerard, I'm John Tesh. Thank you for tolerating my uh, my rants and for my nostalgia. And uh, <laughs> and your your weird bathroom story about the lawyer you saw in the bathroom? I know. I know. I'm sorry about that. I, 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 you know, I, I swore I wouldn't edit these I'm podcasts. sure you've been in the bathroom with, like, Charlton Heston or something interesting. Uh, I, actually, and, I, it was Gregory. It was Gregory Peck. Yeah, it was Gregory yeah, Peck at the, Finch, at, at That's the a real lawyer. Atticus Finch yeah, was in the yeah, bathroom yeah. with you. We were. I, I'll tell the story of the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, no so, more bathroom yeah, stuff. Yeah, there it is. Okay, thank you guys for joining. You know, what I hear from many people who come up to me after my live concerts is, oh, John, I've always wanted to play the piano, but I don't have time for all those lessons. Or they say, I'm too old to start learning now. 
I can teach you how to play a song on the piano in just three days without spending one minute learning music theory or reading sheet music. We do this together by me teaching you how to play my most memorable songs. So go to Tesh.com right now and get on the waiting list for my brand new online course, The John Tesh Piano Method. It's Tesh.com. Tesh.com.